Chapter Three of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Three. The Lovers' Rendezvous. Glance into the forest glade. It is an opening in the woods, a clearing, not made by the labor of human hands but a work of nature herself a spot of earth where the great timber grows not but in its place shrubs and tender grass plants and perfumed flowers about a mile distant from the cabin of hickman holt just such an opening is found in superficial extent about equal to the squatter's corn patch it lies in the midst of a forest of tall trees among which are conspicuous the tulip tree the white magnolia cottonwoods and giant oaks those that immediately encircle it are of less stature graduating inward to its edge like the seats in an amphitheatre as if the forest trees swooped downward to kiss the fair flowers that sparkle over the glade these lesser trees are of various species they are the sassafras laurel famed for its sanitary sap the noble carolina bay with its aromatic leaves the red mulberry and the singular osage orange tree maclura orantica the bow-wood of the indians the pawpaw also is present to attest the extreme richness of the soil but the flowering plants that flourish in profuse luxuriance over the glade are sufficient evidence of its fertility why the trees grow not there is one of nature's secrets not yet revealed to man it is easier to say why a squatter's cabin is not there there is no mystery about this though there might appear to be since the clearing is found ready to hand the explanation is simple the glade is a mile distant from water the nearest being that of the creek already mentioned as running past the cabin of the squatter thus nature as if jealous of this pretty wild wood garden protects it from the defilement of man nevertheless the human presence is not unknown to it on this very morning this fair morning in may that has disclosed to our view the cabin and clearing of the squatter a man may be observed entering the glade the light elastic step the lithe agile form the smooth face all bespeak of his youth while the style of his dress his arms and equipments proclaim his calling to be that of a hunter he is a man of the correct size and it may be added of the correct shape that is one with whose figure the eye finds no fault it is pleased at beholding a certain just distribution of the members promising strength and activity for the accomplishment of any possible physical end the countenance is equally expressive of good mental qualities the features are regular and open to frankness a prominent chin denotes firmness a soft hazel eye gentleness and a full rounded throat intrepid daring there is neither beard upon the chin nor moustache upon the lip not that the face is too young for either but both have been shaven off in the way of hair a magnificent chevelure of brown curls ruffles out under the rim of the cap shadowing over the cheeks and neck of the wearer arched eyebrows a small mouth and regular teeth give the finish to a face which might be regarded as a type of manly beauty and yet this beauty appears under a russet garb there is no evidence of excessive toilet care the brush and comb have been but sparingly used and neither perfume nor pomatum has been employed to heighten the shine of those luxuriant locks there is a suntan on the face that perhaps with the aid of soap might be taken off but it is permitted to remain the teeth too might be made whiter with a dentifrice and brush 
but in all likelihood the nearest approach to their having ever been cleansed has been while chewing a piece of tough deer meat nevertheless without any artificial aids the young man's beauty proclaims itself in every feature the more so perhaps that in gazing upon his face you are impressed with the idea that there is an outcome in it in his dress there is not much that could be altered for the better the hunting shirt of the finest buckskin leather with its fringed cape and skirt hangs upon his body with all the grace of an athenian tunic while its open front permits to be seen the manly contour of his breast but half concealed under the softer fawn skin the wrappers of green baize though folded more than once around his legs do not hide their elegant tournure and an appropriate covering for his feet is a pair of strong moccasins soled with thick leather a coonskin cap sits high upon his head slightly slouched to the right with the visage of the animal turned to the front and the full plume-like tail with its alternate rings drooping to the shoulder it forms a headdress that is far from ungraceful a belt around the waist a short hunting knife in its sheath a large powder horn hanging below the armpit a bullet pouch underneath and voila tout no not all there remains to be mentioned the rifle the arm par excellence of the american hunter the portrait of frank wingrove a dashing young backwoodsman whose calling is the chase the hunter has entered the glade and is advancing across it he walks slowly but without caution without the habitual stealthy tread that distinguishes the sons of st hubert in the west on the contrary his step is free and the flowers are crushed under his feet he is not even silent but humming a tune as he goes notwithstanding that he appears accoutred for the chase his movements are not those of one in pursuit of game for this morning at least he is out upon a different errand and judging from his jovial aspect it should be one of pleasure the birds themselves seem not more gay on emerging from the shadow of the tall trees into the open glade effulgent with flowers his gaiety seems to have reached its climax it breaks forth in song and for some minutes the forest re-echoes the well-known lay of woodman spare that tree whence this joyous humour why are those eyes sparkling with a scarce concealed triumph is there a sweetheart expected is the glade to the scene of a love interview that glade perfumed and flowery as if designed for such a purpose conjecture is reasonable the young hunter has the air of one who keeps an assignation one too who dreams not of disappointment near the edge of the glade on the side opposite to that by which the hunter has come is a fallen tree its branches and bark have long since disappeared and the trunk is bleached to a brilliant white in the phraseology of the backwoods it is no longer a tree but a log towards this the hunter advances on arriving at the log he seats himself upon it in the attitude of one who does not anticipate being for long alone there is a path that runs across the glade bisecting it in two nearly equal parts it is a tiny track evidently not much used it conducts from the stream on which stands the cabin of the squatter holt to another fork of the same river the obion where clearings are numerous and where there is also a large settlement bearing the dignified title of town it is a town of swampville a name perhaps more appropriate than euphonious upon this path where it debouches from the forest the eye of frank wingrove becomes fixed not in the direction of swampville but towards the clearing of the squatter from this it would appear probable that he expects someone and that the person expected should come from that side a good while passes and yet no one answers his inquiring glance he begins to manifest signs of impatience as if to kill time he repeatedly rises and again reseats himself with his eye he measures the altitude of the sun the watch of the backwoodsman 
and as the bright orb rises higher in the heavens his spirits appear to sink in proportion his look is no longer cheerful he has long since finished his song and his voice is now heard again only when he utters an ejaculation of impatience all at once the joyous expression is restored there is a noise in the woods and it proceeds from the right direction a rustling of dead leaves that litter the path and occasionally the swish of recoiling branches some one approaches the glade the young hunter springs to his feet and stands listening presently he hears voices but he hears them rather with surprise than pleasure as is indicated by another quick change passing over his countenance the cheerful aspect has again given place to a look of disappointment this time approaching to chagrin there's talk going on mutters he to himself and she's not alone there's somebody along with her who the darnation can it be after this characteristic soliloquy he remains silent listening far more eagerly than before the noises become more distinct and the voices louder more than one can be distinguished mingling in the conversation for some seconds the hunter maintains his attentive attitude his eye sternly fixed upon the embouchure of the path his suspense is of short duration hearing the voices more plainly he recognizes their tones and the recognition appears to give another sudden turn to his thoughts the expression of chagrin gives place to one of simple disappointment bah exclaims he throwing himself back upon the deadwood tain't her at all it's only a gang of them rovin' redskins what an old nick's name fetches em this way and just at a time when they ain't wanted after a moment's reflection he starts up from the log continuing to mutter i must hide or they'll be for havin a parley that'd never do for i guess you can't be far off by this hang the crooked luck with this elegant finish the speaker glides rapidly round the end of the fallen tree and makes for the nearest underwood evidently with the design of screening himself from sight he is too late as the ugh uttered on the opposite side of the glade convinces him and changing his intention he fronts round and quietly returns to his former position upon the log the hunter's conjecture has proved correct bronzed faces show themselves over the tops of the bushes on the opposite side of the glade and the moment after three indians emerge into the open ground that they are indians their tatterdemalion dress of coloured blankets leggings and moccasins would indicate but their race is even recognizable in their mode of march though there are but three of them and the path runs no longer among the trees they follow one another in single file and in the true typical trot of the red aboriginal the presence of indians in these woods requires explanation for their tribe has long before this time been transported to their new lands west of the mississippi it only needs to be said that a few families have preferred to remain some from attachment to the scenes of their youth not to be severed by the prospect of a far happier home some from associations formed with the whites and some from more trivial causes perhaps from being the degraded outcasts of their tribes throughout the whole region of the backwoods there still exists a sparse population of the indigenous race dwelling as their ancestors did under tents or in the open air trafficking in small articles of their own manufacture in short preferring very much the same metier as the gitanos in europe there are other points of resemblance between these two races amounting almost to family likeness and which fairly entitles the indians to an appellation sometimes bestowed upon them the gypsies of the new world the three indians who have entered the glade are manifestly what is termed an indian family or part of one they are father and mother and daughter the last a girl just grown to womanhood the man is in the lead the woman follows and the young girl brings up the rear they are bent upon a journey and its object is also manifest the pannier borne upon the back of the woman containing fox and coon skins 
with little baskets of stained wicker and the bead embroidered moccasins and wampum belts that appear in the hands of the girl bespeak a purposed visit to the settlement of swampville true to the custom of his fathers the indian himself carries nothing if we accept a long rusty gun over his shoulder and a small hatchet in his belt rendering him rather a formidable-looking fellow on his way to a market End of chapter 3